0: sustainable the podcast is listened to in 20 countries over five continents and features inspiring interviews with leaders of sustainable practices with your host tabby jane ceo and founder of Earthself, creating a global movement to educate leaders and organizations on the transformative power of nature-centered business
1: in episode 42 i spoke with anna sexton director of Open to Create about the link between creativity and sustainability. Today I'm speaking with Mark Lefko. This is the first of our two-part special podcast episode. Mark Lefko is a renowned business leader strategist who coaches the world's top corporate CEOs, presidents and executives on working with their teams and creating long-term value. In his new book, global sustainability, 21 CEOs show how to do well by doing good, Mark seeks to inspire business executives to leverage sustainability leadership practices, teaching them how to do well while doing good. Mark has coached and mentored more than 100 CEOs and company presidents, bringing with him 35 years of real-world, sea-level business experience. A thought leader in the fields of leadership and sustainability, Mark serves on several advisory boards and is known for his high-energy, insightful speaking engagements. As the founder and CEO of Lefco Group, one of the nation's leading facilitation firms, he has led countless strategic planning retreats, corporate think tanks, roundtables and peer groups. Welcome, Mark. It's great to have you on Sustainable today.
0: Thanks so much, Tabby.
1: So before we get in and talk about your book, let's talk about sustainability. So why does sustainability mean more than going green?
0: Well, Tabby, let me share with you what what my definition of sustainability is. Many Mm -hmm. people, you know, that's the first question they ask is, you know, what does sustainability mean? And for me, sustainability means that that everyone has the resources and the environment to not only just survive, but to thrive now and on into the future. So, with that being said, many many people look at sustainability as just um, going green or, um, or having this be about um, the climate change issues that exist. And I think it really expands beyond that. I think it it, it expands to, you know, how do we end poverty? How do we focus on and fight inequality and injustice and, and also deal with the climate change? So all of those are key components in, you know, in being able to, you know, being able to focus on sustainability.
1: Mm. And I like that because it, it's, it, it's showing that everything is connected, really what you're saying there. And if we're looking at climate change, we also need to look at poverty and how the two interlink and how helping one can also help the other.
0: Well, they really do, because if you think about it, if climate change is an issue, what you're doing is if you don't address climate change, you're, you know, you're creating more poverty, because, you know, it's affecting the farms, and it's affecting the jobs in that regard. It is a full cycle. I mean, you can't ignore the social, the social components of sustainability.
1: Hmm, definitely. So what was the inspiration behind writing your new book, Global Sustainability, 21 CEOs Show How to Do Well by Doing Good?
0: Well, I have two kids. I have a son, Nathan, who's 26, and a daughter, Allegra, who's 23. You know, and as I think about them, and how much I love them, and and, and what I want for them for the future in the world, I I want to see a future where they can, you know, thrive, and where they have an environment to, you know, to, uh, to experience that. And I really feel that um, you know, we need to get the word out about the importance. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of conversation going on about this. You know, I, I'd say, besides the kids, I was incredibly inspired when I came across the United Nations Global Goals. You know, they had Millennial Goals, and then they had uh, they had a, a conference in 2015 on um, you know on the uh, Sustainable Development Goals, and there are 17 of them. And when I really began to dive into those goals. I, I realized this it's a it's a wonderful formula for for the future. And then I began to look at companies that were involved in supporting those goals and I decided that that, that those were gonna be the companies and the CEOs that I was gonna target for the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that, that. That's interesting because I mean, I wanted to talk talk to you about this a bit later on in the interview because you're specifically looking for the the, the interviews within the books to interview the CEOs who are supporting these goals. But I mean, why would you say is it essential for any organisation interested in sustainability to link to these goals?
0: Well, I think the go- the goals really speak to uh, they really speak to the uh, the concept of sustainability. And, 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 you know, I, I felt in creating the context for the book and the approach for the book, it was important for, for individuals to look at how, how others are leading by example. And I really took a look at who are some of the leaders in, in the business world around the world that are embracing these concepts of sustainability and, and wound up selecting those as, you know, as the key interviewees and, and how they're, and, and I feature in, in the book, how they're, you know, some of the best practices that they're using to demonstrate sustainability leadership.
1: Yeah. And I, I like that because, I mean, for me, it's, showing how do we find the people who are embracing sustainability and be inspired by it. Because sometimes I come across people who think that the sustainability agenda is kind of quite far behind where it really is. And when we take a moment and look, there's so many examples and the growing of big companies who might not be, we might not be aware of this in our day to day lives, but they are embracing sustainability and really making a drive to embed it into the core of their organisation.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think it's exciting that this whole topic is getting a lot of attention. And many people are, you know, are coming forward. They're getting inspired. It's not only the big companies. You know, there's a lot of criticism about the big companies getting involved from a greenwashing standpoint. And they're just doing it for the promotion and the PR. And they're not really sincere in, in how they're approaching uh, the, 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 their, their sustainability initiatives. And you know certainly there are some out there that are doing that, but the but there there's so much attention being placed on this topic, the public's able to see through those that are doing it with sincerity and with you know with true true uh, intention and purity of heart, and those that are doing it for uh, for for just promotional purposes.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, why, why doesn't it matter the reasons behind a company embracing global sustainability? Because, I mean, you're saying we are focusing too much maybe on greenwashing, but does it matter people's motivations?
0: Well, at, you know, at, at some point, you know, we have to start somewhere, you know, and I, I, I live in California and I hear some of the sayings that, that go on here. You know, there, there's, a, there's a saying in, in Hollywood, you know, where 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 many times actors come and they fake it till they make it, you know, because they have to get some type of positive momentum going. And you know, I I think that companies are seeing that sustainability is is an important topic. It's getting a lot of public attention. There's a concept called social license, and social license really means that that a company or a business has an ability to operate in a community. And um, and an example would be. My wife is from Australia and in Western Australia, there have been a number of Chinese coal companies that have wanted to come in and, uh, and, uh, and invest in coal companies in Western Australia where, where coal mining is very popular. And the communities are just not willing to allow them to do that because of the damage that is being done to the environment. And so those companies, while they are very well funded, have the resources and the interest and desire to bring commerce to the country, the community is not willing to give them social license because uh, they don't believe that it's they're going to be operating in a, in a sustainable fashion. Hmm. So, I think it's really important uh, for people to get involved and 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 give it a, you know, and give sustainability a try. And at some point, you gain momentum in your belief and commitment, and all of a sudden, it becomes part of your DNA, and 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 you believe that you. Actually, um, it was original thought and now you've embraced it and you're sharing that concept with others.
1: Yeah. And I mean, what I like about the example of you sharing about the coal companies there as well is it's the power of people coming together and speaking and saying, no, we don't want this, that that social license that you've just mentioned is really actually powerful and it's important for people to voice their concerns and continue voicing their concerns on sustainability because that in turn is helping to to shape the direction of business. Exactly. So in the book, you interviewed 21 CEOs of companies of various sizes. Now, some of these people included Richard Branson of Virgin, Blake Mycoskie of Tom's Shoes, Paul Pullman of Unilever and Walter Robb from Whole Food Market. So what is their main motivation for embracing global sustainability?
0: Well, I, I, I believe, or I wouldn't have selected them, but all these CEOs are really good people. And they're really wanting to to do good things within their companies, uh, and they want to do well by doing good. You know, they're entrepreneurs. They they, they It's important to them to serve their shareholders and make a profit. Uh, but all of these individuals have this intention, besides making a profit, that they want to do they want to do good. Um, for not only their stakeholders, but they want to do good for the people in their companies and they want to do good for the planet.
1: Yeah. And out of all the people that you interviewed, I mean, I'm curious, who was the most inspiring? Was there one that stood out above anybody else? That's quite an interesting question to ask.
0: Well, I have to say that the person that stood out the most for me was uh, was Paul Pullman, the CEO of Unilever. You know, he runs uh, he runs a huge company, that operates in 190 countries. They've got 1,000 brands. They have 250,000 employees, um, 150 billion in, in, in revenues. Um, and he is very committed and very sincere in his desire to to focus on sustainability in the world. And he has, he's, he's very well respected. I had the good fortune of meeting him uh, in London uh, we were supposed to spend 30 minutes together, and we spent two and a half hours together. Uh, I really had an opportunity to get to know Paul, and Paul really believes in this project. And Paul was really wonderful and instrumental in connecting me with many of the CEOs in the in the book that are running these global multinationals that are all part of coalitions that he's involved with. And he was one of the founders of the B Team, which is um, which is a uh, A collaboration and a coalition of a number of uh, global CEOs that are focused on, you know, what do we do with plan B around sustainability? Paul speaking at the World Economic Forum, Paul heads up so many committees and is just a tremendous inspiration for me.
1: Mm, Yeah, and what I really like about Paul is that he is such a great example of how you can be leading a billion dollar company and still be focused on doing good and showing the impact that it can have.
0: Exactly. And he lives that in his life as well. You know, so he, there's complete congruence, you know, with what he does and how he leads his personal life. So, you know, I really did have a chance to get to know Paul at a much deeper level. And he is uh, a very real person and really sincere in every aspect.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. So coming back to the book, one of the things that you say in the book is that the, the first and most important best practice for sustainability is to establish your organization's guiding principles. Why is that?
0: Well, the, the guiding principles of an organization really bring your entire team and your entire company together. It's really, once you define that, it's your North Star, it's, it's kind of that guiding light. And and it's real. it really helps you, helps the organization to be more efficient. It helps you in terms of recruiting and hiring people that are aligned with your goals. It's kind of your, your, um, uh, it's really the, it's really your, uh, battle cry, if you will, for the company. It's what do we you know, it's how do we, how do we want to show up and how do we behave, um, and inspires people within the company, and also allows you to attract top talent and help that talent understand how to operate and how to behave.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So then what advice would you have for anybody who's listening who wanted to more help in establishing their organization's guiding principles? How do you start this if you've never done it before?
0: Well, I, I think it really comes down to uh, bringing your entire team together. And, you know, all the the, the, the senior team together and really having some conversations around what is it you know what is it what do we stand for? who do we want to be in the world? What are some of the qualities and values that have caused us to be very successful and really limit that to five or seven key guiding principles and values and then have the team really break up and identify um, what do those values mean? Like what does, if it's trust or if it's collaboration, what does that what does that really mean to the organization? And and you know, it's not just a matter of identifying what those values or guiding principles are. It's really a function of defining them and and coming up with examples of of how we express those in our organization. Maybe as simple as if one of our guiding principles is customer service, you know, how one of our uh, telephone operators has gone above and beyond the call of duty to try and track down and make sure that a customer is is actually satisfied and has gotten to the right place within the organization to address their issue. Uh, but beyond that, it's continuing to reinforce that within an organization. And and it, you know there's a there's a process that uh, an entire book that I make available for free at no charge. It's called Unlocking the Power of Your Team Using Principles and Values, and it's an entire process of how you, there's a cheat sheet in there that has a list of sample values and guiding principles that can prime and stimulate your thinking about um, what, what some of those may be for your organization, and then it takes you through the way I would lead a process that you can actually do it yourself within your own team to come up with the outcome and then drive it into the organization.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. So if people wanted to get hold of this free book that you're talking about here, where would they go to get it?
0: Well, it's on my leftco group.net website. Uh, but I but it's probably simplest to go go to marklefco.com, M-A-R-K-L-E-F-Like Frank K-O.com. And you'll see on, on the homepage there's the Lefco Group link and it'll take you to there and there's a free download on that website.
1: Perfect. Perfect. And when I'm doing the show notes, I will make sure that I put a link into this because I, I love what you're saying here. It's really, really simple. Just get your entire team together and identify those five to seven key principles, but really think about what they mean, how you would give a, create the examples, how they would be expressed, and then look at what you need to do to keep on reinforcing them after you've defined them.
0: Exactly. Because so many people just put them on a business card and they never really live a life. They they, they believe that they've, they've completed them and they've ticked them off but uh, they don't continue to, to, to live their life. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the things that when I was um, developing um, Earth Self, we spent a lot of time doing exactly what you said, looking at the values. And it came to the point of actually starting to impress, imp- express them and embody them. And for me, they became a really useful tool to actually help us make business decisions. Does this actually fit in with our values? If yes, then we can go ahead with it. And if it doesn't, then it makes it an easy no.
0: It's a great point, Tabby. And it's also sometimes you'll find that people are, you know, you, you attract someone into your organization that may have a unique skill set, but they're not in alignment with your values. And it's just going to be a matter of time before they're going to do something that's going to be unacceptable and you're going to have to make a change. So why not make that selection in the recruiting process uh, of people that share your same values and then they're going to thrive in your environment?
1: Hmm. Yeah. I like that. So then how does looking at the values and looking at global sustainability, what's the role of conscious leadership in helping with this? Because this is something else that you touch upon in your book.
0: Well, to me, conscious leadership um, really means leading with an awareness that everything that you say or do has has an impact on all the stakeholders that are involved. And those stakeholders are your employees, your uh, your vendors, uh, your customers, your bankers, your communities—you know—even society. There are so many. If you really stop and think about it, there are many. We all have many, many stakeholders, and and what and the decisions that we make have an impact. So if we're you know if we're a conscious leader, we we want to do things that are going to be in the best interest and in the good of all of our stakeholders because that's that's going to help everybody to. Really thrive, and uh, and also conscious leadership is really about the triple bottom line. It's um, it's about people, it's about the planet, and it's about profit as a as a formula for measuring success in an organization.
1: Yeah, and I mean I I like it because I think there's so much ambiguity at times around the word word conscious and what does it mean and what I really like about what you've said there you've made it really practical and grounded it's just everything that you see or do as a has an impact especially upon the triple bottom line people planet and profit and you need to be considering what you see and what you do and how it's going to impact everything
0: right and it is it's absolutely linked to sustainability if you think about it uh, you know if you're applying sustainability leadership principles, it really is the same as conscious leadership principles. It's what can we do to to support that triple bottom line?
1: yeah, so would you say that the two of them are almost like you 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 can't have one without the other?
0: Well that's what I think you know uh, I, I i i would I would make that case that that uh, that that really is the case and to your point, many people really don't understand what that word conscious leadership means and so it's not important that they use it. Um, you know, whatever words work you know, for somebody, as long as we're accomplishing you know, the objectives of, of, sustain- of being sustainable.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. So we have reached the, just about the end of our first part of our interview. So what is the one thing that you want people to take away from today's conversation?
0: You know, I, I'd say it's really that focusing on sustainability leadership you know, can help you and your company do well while at the same time do good.
1: Yeah. And I like that because this is this is almost like that leads into what we're going to be talking about in part two of this interview of really looking at how does it help your company doing well? How does doing good help, help that company improve profits? So that's going to be more of what we're going to be talking about in the next week's episode. Great. If listening to the show has inspired you to find out more about nature-centred business, go to www.earthself.org and click on the Nature centered tab. And as always, if you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, please get in touch. Next time on Sustainable, we're continuing the conversation with Mark Lefko and discovering why more businesses aren't embracing sustainability. We're also discovering what emerging business leaders can learn from top CEOs about sustainability. And we're going to find out key resources for people who are wanting to implement sustainability into the core of their business. See you then.
0: New episodes of Sustainable are released every Tuesday. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud. Get them sent straight to your inbox by signing up at www.earthself.org. Or come on over and join the conversation on our LinkedIn podcast page.